1: Welcome back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Great to have you. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program, if you've you've not been listening, is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping organizations to do the same for their employees. It was originally inspired by the meaning and work research I've been doing over the last 15 years and now complements the work that I do at Insignium, which is a global management consulting firm. I'll get to the program in just a moment, but first let me thank thank my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. They are a leading, locally focused job board, and they are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard while giving job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. Great partnership. Thank you, Jobbing.com. Last week, we were on the air with Paige Valdeseri, who is an internationally recognized traumatic stress and integrative healing consultant. She works with clients and organizations on such areas as recovering from war zones, natural disasters, sexual violence, medical or chronic illness, intense professional corporate settings, life-changing personal events, and ongoing spiritual growth. And we talked about the work she's done all over the world in war zones and also with companies and these intense work settings to help them deal with suicide in the workplace and active shooter situations, among others other things. Very sobering conversation, but certainly important to talk about. With us this week is Shanti Rajaram, who is the president and co-founder of Amazek Solutions in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. She'll be talking about why she started her company and how it's indelibly stamped with her own set of values and its operations, and what she's learned growing the company along the way, where she plans to take it in the future. She joins us today from Dallas, Texas. Shanti, welcome to Working on Purpose. Uh,
2: Thank you, Alisa.
1: It is so great to have you. You know, when I met you and, and had the chance to talk with you over lunch, I just was so taken by your beautiful humility of what you've done with your with your company, how you started it, your strength, um, your conviction, how you're connected to your company. And I really wanted to, frankly, in part, share your story because I think you've got something to share with our listeners that can be both educational and inspirational. So in case you're wondering why I wanted to have you on the show, that's why <laughs> you're wondering, how did I get get myself into this anyway. (laughs) That was a very innocent lunch that I came for. It was very innocent, wasn't it? Um, Yeah. Well, will you start? Of course, I know a little something about you because of our conversation over lunch, but our listeners don't. So will you introduce yourself and say a little about your background before you got into founding Amazek? Um, uh,
2: Thank you, Alicia, for this opportunity. It's a real honor. Uh, This is my uh, uh, this is my first being on a radio talk, so um, uh, it's a great opportunity, uh, good experience for me as well. Uh, thanks again for this, uh, uh, for inviting me over. Um, with regard to um, my background, I come from a very middle-class family from India. And um, I grew up with my uh, family uh, back in uh, uh, southern India. It's called uh, trivandrum And um, I completed my graduation in uh, engineering. And later, uh, after that, I moved on to technology. And I have been in technology field for the last uh, 25 years now. So it's been a great ride. And I started a music in 2007, so it's it's our 10th year. Uh, it's been a great 10 years that uh, we have had till now. Mm, wonderful. And, and I forgot to
1: acknowledge that one really important thing about you. I think I remember you saying that since you're from southern India, do you speak Tamil?
2: Yeah, I speak actually uh, three of the four southern India languages. I speak Tamil, I speak Kannada. I speak uh, Malayalam. Uh, And, of course, Hindi, which is our national language,
1: and English. Well, as you know, I had the wonderful opportunity to visit your beautiful country and definitely want to go back. I did learn about 25 words in Tamil, so I should have welcomed you to the show with Vanakam. Vanakam Vanakam. Shanti. Love that. I love that. (laughs) I yep. <laughs> love that beautiful language um one thing that I didn't really ask you about but I would like to know because you know I'm a meaning and work researcher and I care about how people choose their careers why they choose the fields they do why did you enter the field of information technology
2: no that's a very interesting question uh am I'm, I'm sure uh Uh, There have been very typical answers from the past where people uh, come and tell you that this was my calling from the time I was young. But most of my uh, initial, uh, say, 30 years of my life was just figuring out what is it that I want to do. It took quite some time for me to... uh, uh, get to that groove of what am I good at and what drives me so um, so having said that uh, uh, after we just around the time we finished uh, engineering, uh, there was a final year project, and uh, we used uh, uh, software to come up with uh, Uh, structural design for uh, um, a structure that we were uh, uh, given. And at that point of time, mm, the system that we used was a very primitive DOS system. And uh, it was a black and white screen. And our professor said, okay, if you need to uh, figure out the strength of these materials, you need to input these values and it spits out some value and you note it down and that's how you go about it. So, it, I mean, it was, uh, I went through that experience, but I was not really happy with it because I am more of a person who likes to know how are things working. I mean, when I key in these numbers, why is it spitting out uh, some other value? How is it being calculated? So I'm more of a um, what do you call a uh, very analytical person. So we did go through the project, but at the end of the project, I was not very satisfied with it. Um, but that was my first stint with technology. And I was like, okay, so I would like to build something really cool uh, one day. And I waited for that opportunity for, I mean, uh, Till it took like late 90s was when mm, I got into a project that intrigued me and I got really involved with it was in healthcare. And uh, that process uh, basically helped uh, shape most of what I do recently. So, uh, Yeah. Um, I, I was not born with a passion for technology, but that is something I picked up on the way uh, to uh, getting me where it is. It made me realize that, okay, this is what I love to do. I lo- love to solve problems. Uh, I love to fix things for my clients. I, um, I, and I would like to do that the best possible way. So, and uh, I felt what, what better way than uh, start your own company and do that. Hmm.
1: Well, I want to acknowledge a couple of things that you said, Shanti. First, I want to make sure that our listeners really heard you say that you didn't know what you wanted to do for quite some time. You kind of felt your way along. And I think that's got to be so encouraging, because I know so many people who tell me, I wish I could figure out what I want to be when I grow up. And they get so frustrated because they don't know. And so to hear you say that you felt your way along, and then you got there, you found it, I think has got to be encouraging. And then um, the second thing I wanted to say about what you just said there is in the research that I've done around meaning and work is I've discovered that um, people who work like in technical industries like you do and have that analytical mindset like you do very often say that what they want and what they find most satisfying in their work is to solve problems, to solve interesting problems. And I know that might sound really basic to you, but let me contrast and compare that for me. You know, I'm a, I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach, and there are 34 strengths that that assessment uh, assesses or measures. And dead last for me is called restorative, which is essentially problem solving. I hate it.
2: <laughs> Can you okay, guess what so would be mine. <laughs> yeah, yours is probably restorative. Yeah. <laughs> my strength is problem solving. My strength is task, and uh, uh, my uh, something that I'm working on is people management. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a learning process. Like you said, uh, each of us come with some strengths uh, which we need to know how to utilize uh, uh, as we grow, and mm-hmm. and at the same time, we all need to figure out what is it that we are. Uh, not so blessed with and uh, figure ways to learn it. I mean, there is nothing that cannot be learned, but it takes time. For some people, it comes naturally. For some people, it's it's hard, but we uh, we tend to learn as we grow. And each day is uh, is the learning. I mean, every time I learn something small, I, I go back and tell all my employees, today I did something. It may be the simplest of the thing, but uh, that is something drives me when I learn something good I feel okay today was a good day Mm -hmm.
1: uh, Mm -hmm. yep well of course I agree and that's not just because I work in the field where I'm constantly trying to help people learn something so I hope I'm not coming off that I'm saying that because it's the work that I do but I completely agree It, it suits me and and to that end, I wondered, as I thought about your background, Shanti, I mean, I know that you spent several years in startup companies before you founded your own company. And I really wondered, was that coincidental in that you just you know just it just happened that, that those were your opportunities? Or do you think that you gravitated to more of a startup mentality because you have more of an entrepreneurial ban, or did working for startup companies influence you to become more entrepreneurial? What do you think about those early years of working at startup companies?
2: It's, it's actually a combination of uh, all of them. Like I said, uh, I was not blessed with a very clear thought, you know, thought process from the beginning. It was always something that I learned about myself. Uh, so, uh, And uh, I actually did not start with startup companies. I worked with uh, big corporates uh, early on. Mm. And... Uh, And actually, uh, I didn't realize it at that point of time. Uh, I worked for a company called Infosys Technologies, and then I worked for a short while for IBM. And and then I moved to U.S. and moved to the startup uh, uh, mode of working. Okay, got it. it, Yeah, but it took like uh, uh, almost 10 years for me to realize uh, I was I was a great employee when I worked for a startup company, and I don't think I was that effective when I worked for a small company. So I kept thinking, why is it that I was not as effective when I worked for a big company? But I'm I'm going beyond uh, what I need to do when I'm working on a startup, and I think each of us come with personalities, and uh, I. My kind of personality needed visibility from the management. I think I thrive when I work with uh, directly with the management, and they can see the kind of effort that I'm putting, uh, the kind of problems that I'm solving, the uh, the value that I bring to table. Uh, I think somewhere uh, that drives me. Uh, it's it's not money. It's not anything else. But it's the uh, it's it's. It's my ability to solve and the uh, visibility that I get from the higher ups that used to motivate me to come every day to do what I did. I think that was lo- lacking when I worked for a big company. I was like one among hundred thousand and. Uh, uh, and, and I think that was one of the reason why uh, later on I felt my calling is in a small company mode, and uh, and uh, yes, I stuck to this uh, startup mode or a small company mode after that.
1: I, I can completely understand that, and I also work for a, a small a smaller company as well, so I do understand that. Um, at the same time, I also know that it's not without its challenges, right? So, what what did you find challenging about working for startup companies?
2: Oh, quite a few. I mean, every day is a challenge when you work for a small company. We keep fighting for resources. We keep uh, fighting for, uh, you know, uh, timelines. Uh, we, uh, as a startup company, I think we deliver... Uh, a lot more in a short amount of time uh, compared to what bigger companies uh, have as an advantage because we need to keep proving ourselves day in and day out. So that is a challenge, but that is also something that I think drives most of the entrepreneurs. We love doing that. Uh, We love being, um, you know, getting up in the morning, going and making sure uh, uh, what we promise we deliver so it's a challenge as well as something that motivates uh, most of us uh, uh, and um, and the availability of talent and retaining them is a constant challenge too in a startup mode because uh, uh, the the stability the comfort the the uh, fina- uh, the financial opportunity that many of the employees can get at a bigger company is something that a startup company cannot provide. Um, at the same time, the amount of work is almost double because it, the days are almost like 11 hours, 12 hours of working. So uh, it, it not, not too many people fit into it, but uh, uh, finding a good talent and retaining them is a challenge, and I think to some extent, uh, Amazic is blessed to have a uh, uh, lot of a uh, uh, lot of employees who believe in what we try to do, and uh, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Um, okay. All right. Well, before we're about to come into our first break already, but before we do, I'd love to learn just a little bit about um and if we need to go further after the break we can, but I want to know what ultimately made you decide to start your company cuz that's no small thing to do. Why did you ultimately decide to start Amazek?
2: Why did I start it? I think it it came naturally to me as a progression uh, I was um, I worked for almost 15 years in technology, and um, I also had to geographically uh, geographically move out of uh, where uh, my clients or where my company was, and most of my work was done remotely, and I felt disconnected at some point of time. Uh, so I thought, okay, either I go and join some other company or start something on my own. And I felt starting something on my own was what attracted me more. So that's how we started this in
1: 2007. Wonderful.
2: I think it's such an important,
1: pivotal point, because I know listeners may be asking themselves, you know, how do I know it's time? So perfect way to take us into the break, Shanti. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We're on the air with Shanti Rajaram, who is the president and co-founder of Amazek Solutions. We've been talking a bit about her background, how she really kind of found her way into her career and discovered her passion along the way. After the break, we're going to learn more about the company that she founded and what she's doing to develop it. Stay with us.
0: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E at elisecortez.com. Now, back to working on purpose.
1: Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Shanti Rajaram, who is the president and co-founder of Amazek Solutions here in Dallas. She joins us today from the same city. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. Just before the break, we were just starting to talk about why you founded Amazek Solutions, Shanti. I'd like to next talk about what is it that the company actually does? Uh, what do you offer?
2: Um, and you said we are a technology company. Um, so I have two different features. One where uh, people in technology listen to us. Uh, uh, it's very simple for them when I say we... Develop web and mobile applications. We also do data centralization, visualization, so the whole gamut of that. Uh, but when I talk to most of the non-technology people, they have no idea what that means. So, in a, in so for common person, it's like most of the companies as they grow, they have a lot of uh, processes that are manual, um, which uh, which adds up the operational. Uh, uh, cost for them, so we try to automate that. We uh, b- uh, build workflow solutions. We uh, put uh, uh, process optimization softwares in place so that uh, the company can, uh, you know, concentrate on what actually brings in revenue and don't spend too much of their time and effort uh, uh, handling the operations. So we also help put processes such that it um, helps them track and measure how they are progressing. Uh, that also helps the uh, senior executives uh, see if if the uh, uh, operations are aligning with the company objective and vision. So uh, that's what we as uh, automizer do. Okay, got
1: it. I know a little something about technology because you might remember—not very much though because it's been a while. But, but I started my human capital career. Um, a long time ago, recruiting information technology professionals. And that's really how I learned about technology is talking to these professionals about the work that they do. You would not want me near a computer or any code myself. <laughs> but, so it's limited, but I get what you said and beautiful. Um, w- one thing that I saw on your website, and I don't know uh, how much of this you do, but I was attracted to this idea of talent match. What's talent match?
2: Um, I'll need to go back a little bit and tell about why we got into that. Um, uh, we, uh, When we started, uh, we were a bunch of uh, me and a couple of my partners. We were all uh, uh, very excited about building software solutions for our clients. And we started in 2007 uh, with full of energy. But that was the time when the technology market uh, actually started going down. Um, there were not too many people uh, outsourcing projects. Uh, they were trying to keep it in-house. So we had a bunch of contacts who were ready to and interested in helping us out. Uh, but, but the problem was uh, there was um, freeze uh, in terms of uh, outsourcing projects. The only way they felt we could add value was uh, to help us execute their project in-house and um we were able to get them technology talents that would uh you know uh, help them uh, um, reach their project uh, goals so we uh, we called it talent match because we we go beyond just matching the technology part of it. We try to find out um how is the person going to fit into the culture of the organization uh is this person expected to come and deliver as an uh, individual uh, uh, without too much of uh, hand-holding? Or are they expecting someone to work as a team? Uh, You know, there are people available in uh, all these flavors, but you need to figure out uh, the best match that fits the team. So that's why we call it talent match. And uh, we try to uh, match the talent with the organization or the project. Um, And... um, yeah, uh, we, we do quite a bit of that. Uh, we, and we do it quite well too. There have been cases where uh, our clients have been looking for a, a fit for more than three months. And they were not successful with it. And it took us, it took us hardly a week, uh, to get the right person in place. And I'm really proud of it because my employees go beyond, uh, just looking, uh, at, you know, uh, literally what is the technology? They go beyond that to figure out where is this technology used and who, where can I find them and how can I convince them to take up this opportunity? Um so, yes, uh, we do quite a bit of it. And uh, I think that is a good growing segment for uh, uh, what we bring, uh, the value that we bring to our clients as well. Mm,
1: got it. That helps. I, tro- I I think I understand that model because of the work that I did before in a consultative capacity, partnering with companies. So I think I get that. Um, and then the next thing I wanted to wanted to get to, which I found quite fascinating when we talked over lunch, and I'm not surprised. I I think I remember you saying that when you originally founded the company, you had in mind for it to do one thing, and that changed over time. It morphed. I don't know if you meant that the the marketplace wanted something else, but how did what you started the company as change in terms of what you're offering? Uh,
2: The core of it still remains the same. Uh, we still deal with technology, but like I said, we we love to build technology and we moved from there to... We didn't move, but we also included uh, talent match as one of the offerings that we do for our clients. But that is part of technology. I mean, it keeps changing every day. So, uh, uh, And we need to keep re- reinventing what we do and how we do and why we do. So... Um, Uh, Yes, it it changes, uh, and and, and I I think we have been successful in keeping up with the market as well. Uh, There is a lot of, uh, I'm sure you have heard of it as well, there is a lot of, um, right now, a lot of, um, uh, what do you call, um, work going on around uh, smart cities and Internet of Things, we have been lucky, and it has been a constant and also, uh, uh, you know, conscious decision to look for technologies uh, uh, and where the world is going and to see if we can be part of those projects. So, uh, it uh, keeps uh, its eyes and ears open for those opportunities, and we are already working on a few of those uh, opportunities in, in Dallas right now.
1: I have to believe, well, I do know because of the work that I do with, that I get to do with Insignium um, across the globe with various companies and the work that my colleagues do with them. I think that really, I mean, one of the biggest challenges that any company has today is keeping up with and responding to the changing needs of the marketplace. And I really applaud that you, um, as an entrepreneur, who I think you said you had 40 employees, are able to do that. You're nimble enough to be able to do that. It sounds like you're even embracing and looking for ways to be able to Proactively grow your company and and stay relevant. And I just know how much energy and effort that takes. Thank
2: you.
1: Yeah, it's impressive. Um, well, next, what I want to get to here, since and I one of the things that I definitely wanted to call it in this energy in, in this interview is that y- who you are, your personality, is very much interwoven into the company. And of course, no one would be surprised by that for any entrepreneur. But I do want to talk about that. And so I want to understand, what was your mission and value statement when you first began the company, and has it changed since you've been in business?
2: Uh, It has. um, Yes. When we started Amazic, uh, what we wanted to do was uh, work with organizations uh, to solve their business problem and uh, be their trusted advisor on the technology front. And we wanted to grow with them. And that mission, uh, or that, that is still uh, valid. How we try to do it has changed over a period of time, but uh, that is still our vision. Uh, we want uh, them to look at us as uh, a part of their team uh, and uh, to see how we can help them get where they need to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Well, back on the values front, one of the things that really stood out for me from the lunch that we had was you had mentioned that you like to hire working moms, I think you said, and that you feel like they bring a different perspective on writing software code that many of the people that you hire don't necessarily have a, a specific or a super strong technology background, which makes you think the team more inquisitive. They don't assume things from a technical vantage point. Anyway, that's what I'm remembering. Can you say more about this perspective that you have, this tendency that you have about hiring working
2: moms? Yeah, it, uh I, I think... Um, this, when we started uh, Amazec, it was not a conscious uh, decision to go uh, in that direction. But uh, the first few years of Amazec, I had uh, I came across so so many talented uh, women who had to take a break because uh, they had kids. They had to stabilize the home front and then come back to workforce again. These were very well-educated, intelligent women. All they needed was an opportunity where they could, uh, you know, deliver for, uh, and they needed someone who could trust them to do that and was flexible enough to work with their um, uh, with the time they had on hand. So, uh, and uh, the uh, but when we started. Uh, uh, hiring those women the other the the pros uh, were that these are women who can juggle multiple things and as you know in a small company we always do that we do multiple things on a on a daily basis so that i felt uh, fit uh, right into what we were trying to do and uh, the other uh, good thing was also uh, the, these women always try to Find the uh, most optimal way of doing it because they have very limited time and they have to do what they need to do within that time. So I found, I found that these were some characteristics that we were looking for um, uh, in our task force uh, to keep uh, ourselves growing uh, pretty fast. And uh, this worked out as um, a win-win situation for both of us. So over a period of time, I think in the last 10 years, uh, I, I don't have a count of it, but we have had more than 40, 50 of uh, working moms uh, at Amazur. Of course, mm. they have some of them have moved on uh, and found better opportunities, but we still keep in touch with them. And I think that's a that's a good talent of pool that people need to see how they can uh, use in their businesses.
1: I really want to applaud that, Shanti. I think that one that is such a smart business tactic to take in terms of how you're recruiting, how you're how you're. Reaching into the, the the talent marketplace to see who you could attract to your to your company, who and then likewise, of course, a beautiful service to that particular group, who otherwise maybe their only choices would be to work full time, which maybe they don't have enough time for, or maybe work contract, which maybe they don't want to do, or maybe that's how you do it. But uh, I just really applaud that you've seen an opportunity in the marketplace and you went after it, and I really find that it's also um, a very um, humane way to do business. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and along those lines, and I don't know if this is, is the same thing for you or if it's related somehow, but the other thing I recall you mentioning over lunch is that diversity is important for your business. Is that what you're talking about there or is there more, something else to it?
2: Yeah, it's, it's more... Um, uh, we, we work with people from uh, not only ethnic, uh, ethnically diverse groups, uh, we, we also have a good, num- uh, good presence of men and women. I mean, that is something that uh, outside of Amizek, uh, uh, we try to do as well. Uh, we try to promote STEM among women. Uh, that is very, very crucial because uh, uh, hardly 20% or 30% of uh, workforce in technology are women. And if you see, there is still a big gap that can be bridged uh it's 50-50 and there are there are still a lot of opportunities um, out there companies are trying to be diverse and they are looking for uh, uh hiring more women workforce so we do a lot of work on that front as well so uh, we try to do lead by example at amaze and we try to uh, you know uh, do work around community to uh, help women reach where There's
1: a need to be. I don't know where you stand or what your affinity is for Sheryl Sandberg, but one of the things that I certainly appreciate about what she says, if you know, is if you don't really necessarily like the way leadership's being done, well, step up already, ladies, and let's see how you how you would do it. (laughs) And I, right, I really appreciate that. That's what you've done, is you've inculcated your perspective, your values in terms of how you lead. You're supporting other women, of course. You're a mom yourself. I, I just, um, I think it, it's such a great thing to be able to see how you're modeling what others could do if they decide, or maybe they are today, also running their own businesses. Thank okay. you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, the next thing I want to get to here is I, I, I do, I'm very intrigued, of course, because obviously, you know, you can't really have a business unless you have customers. So I'm, I'm very interested to learn how do you market your company's services and products or how do you get your clients?
2: Okay. Um, the first few years of our business came um, from word of mouth and reference. These were people whom we had worked with in the past. They, they knew what we did, how we did, and those were our first uh, clients. Actually, one of my first clients was the company that I worked for uh, previously, they, uh, I, I, mean, they were really gracious to give us the first project that we started with. Um, like I, uh, I think I mentioned it even earlier during the discussion that uh, most of the things I don't have clarity on when I start doing it. It's a process that I learn. So I didn't really know how to market myself or my company or what we do. Uh, so it was people who knew me, uh, or people he, who knew what our capability was as a company. It, it was easier for them uh, to pick us uh, to do uh, because they understood uh, exactly the value that we brought to table. Uh, and then uh, from there, we uh, uh, from there we went into networking. So uh, we all tried to go for different networking events and. Again we uh, people try to know uh, know us, and then uh, most of the projects came that way it's it's actually you'll be surprised it's uh, actually very recently that I started uh, using other modes of uh, marketing lead generation uh, companies that help us uh, and um We also are trying to work uh, using social media. We are still not there. We are working on the strategy to get there. Um, But, yeah, it's a learning process, and it's ever-evolving, too. So we are trying to see what is the best way to spend our money to get where we need to be. But till date, the best uh, way that has worked for us has been referral uh, referral and Mm word-of-mouth
1: from our clients. Which says a lot about you and your service. And another nice way to take us into our break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Shanti Rajaram, who is the president and co-founder of Amazek Solutions. We've been talking a bit about her actual company and why she started it and what the company does. After the break, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the lessons she's learned along the way, among other things. Stay with us.
0: us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com Now, back to Working on Purpose.
1: Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Shanti Rajaram, who is the president and co-founder of Amazek Solutions. She joins us today from Dallas, Texas. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. Before the break, we were talking um, about the what the company actually does, how she markets her services, how her own values show up and how she runs the company and recruits employees. Next if we could on in this last segment if we could I want to hear a bit about your vision where do you want to take MSX solutions I don't know if you have a vision for it's near term or it's long term but where's it going
2: um, in terms of vision I would like uh, it's I don't know if it's a vision per se but I would like uh, to at least produce a couple of other entrepreneurial brains in uh, within America, uh, uh who can drive things. Uh, I think one of the most um, uh, uh, satisfying uh, thing that I have gone through over the last few years has been the ability to uh, build something from bottom up. And uh, make it self-sufficient where it supports all of us at Amizik. So I want to see if we can uh, cultivate that as a culture within Amizik where uh, we can uh, have other people take initiative and uh, grow uh, different lines of business as well. And, uh, and you know, there is nothing like, uh, I know it's not uh, actually being self-sufficient or self-reliant, but the power to uh, to build something and manage it and to grow and call it yourself uh, is a big thing. So I want that to be spread uh, among other employees as well, and to and to build a environment for that. So that's my goal, and Okay, got it. Makes sense. It's always interesting to hear,
1: right? How how entrepreneurs or business owners or executives want to want to move forward. I, I find that whole process fascinating. So um, I couldn't help. I had to ask that question. Just mm-hmm. no way around it. Shanti, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the next thing I want to get to is, is lessons learned along the way. I gotta believe that you have just learned so much in the 10 years you've run this company. So maybe just a couple of big lessons that you learned along the way.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, every day is uh, a lesson for us. We learn so many things. Um, one of the lesson, this is more of a personal lesson than um, uh, uh, anything. Is uh, uh, it, it took some time for me to realize uh, this? Yeah, more of experience, uh, I didn't realize it when somebody told it told told me this, but they they said uh, the growth of the company uh, actually reflects the capability of the uh, the owner or uh, entrepreneur or whatever so and I, I did not really understand when they said how is the growth of the company related to me as an individual But um, over a period of time, I have seen that every time I go out and learn new things, I see a spurt in my business. I see see a difference in the way I do business or the way I look at things. And um, it again is when I stagnate, uh, it reflects in the way we do things. So it has, uh, I mean, uh, I've been experimenting with this for some time now, and uh, that's, so now I know that if I need to grow my business, I I better figure out a way how to keep myself, uh, you know, from learning every day from everything that I I try to do. It can be to do with um, uh, like i said it can be uh, to do with marketing it could be sales it could be finance it could be operations it could be people management or even in my own personal leadership development uh, so um, so i have to see uh, find a way to keep myself um, uh, to learn and improve every day to reflect that on my business so that is one learning Uh, The second learning is, uh, 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 this was uh, actually a rude awakening, I should say, more than learning, uh, to spread out the business. They, They do keep telling you not to concentrate your business on one particular client. And uh, when you are growing, and the and that particular account is growing, and most of your resources are dedicated to, the, uh, dedicated to that, you hardly find time to grow other accounts because you want to do what you are do- doing really well. But uh, uh, if, but it's it's a really tough thing when you uh, lose that particular client. Then it takes too much of your energy to now come back, re strategize, and. You know, uh, uh, try to steer your company to back to stability. So that was something we learnt it uh, quite recently, and it's still fresh in our mind. So we are very conscious not to get into that mode uh, again. Hmm. But um, yeah, these were the top two learnings.
1: Okay, so Shanti, let me remark on the first one especially. I'm really intrigued with that and can certainly see in my own life as I navigate my professional career that you're absolutely right. Whenever I've, every time that I've invested in something for myself to grow and learn and and try to be, to challenge my mind, it is reflected in my business results. It's clockwork. And I really, really appreciate that you're, you're aware of that and you navigate accordingly. It almost makes me think that, every business ought to be doing something where they have something on their, they just mission control it into their calendar that, you know, we're going to put something in here for the leader or for the whoever the leadership team is or the employees for that matter as well, um, that we're going to continue somehow growing ourselves and that it's just part of the fabric of, of your operational approach to, to what you offer. I think that makes so much sense.
2: Yep. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it took... Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, I don't. I don't think I talk to my employees about it much. They don't see me working on it, but yeah, uh, I do it, and it's needed. And that is one of the reasons why we have actually started putting systems and trainings in place for all our employees as well. Uh, either on technology, learn something. Learn something to keep yourself abreast. Learn something to you know, learn about yourself because. Uh, that is the most important stuff. We we go on a very uh, autopilot mode. Uh, we think we know more, uh, about our personality. We know how we react. We know how uh, we do things. But there are a lot of things uh, uh, even within those. Uh, why do I react this way when these things happen? How can I change it? How can I improve it? Uh, Or, you know, uh, many a times the intent is lost when you're uh, reacting or mm, doing things. If you are able to realize that and if you can change yourself based on that, uh, I mean, uh, you have better control over your, uh, your life, I would say.
1: I just I completely agree with that. I just think it's profoundly important. So you you had me at you know continuing to grow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the things I noticed when I looked at your website is is you've managed to to earn a few awards along the way. How did this happen? Is this something that you apply for? Did someone recognize you out of the blue, or how did they happen?
2: We were just lucky to that somebody noticed us um it didn't happen till about last uh, 2015 i would say we were so busy doing our own stuff we were busy doing our work uh like i said most of it came through word of mouth we i, I didn't even do much of networking uh, which was not a good thing so if you guys are listening and don't think uh, that that is something to be good about but uh, but it's a learning uh But I'm sure there are people who noticed um, our work. And uh, most of the recognition came from people who have, uh, you know, worked with us in the past. And they realized we were worthy of it and we were nominated for for the same. Um, Yeah.
1: Okay, got it. Got it, got it. Okay. And this might fit with what you just talked about before, but I definitely wanted to be able to position you to help our listeners out there that are maybe considering starting a business or growing their own business or, or or trying to develop their business. I mean, it certainly occurs to me that you've developed a lot of wisdom over the last 10 years. And so what would you offer in terms of advice to new companies trying to grow, maybe past their first year or so or or beyond?
2: Well, not. The biggest thing that I've learned is uh, failure becomes part of your life uh, and you need to be okay with it. Uh, Somebody uh, just recently um, uh, somebody said that and it made so much sense that most of us look at failures as opposite of success. Okay, so you have not succeeded. That means you have failed. And I think uh, failure is not opposite of success, but it's actually part of success. You try, you fail, you again try, you may probably fail again, but then you succeed because... You pick things up from what you didn't do right, and that feeds into your success at one point of time. And if you had not failed, you don't learn. And uh, personally, I have learned the most when I fail. When things are working fine and you're successful, you don't really think about how I can improve, how I can do this differently. You just keep doing what you're trying to do. But the moment something doesn't work is when you you take a step back, try to recalibrate and you try to see, okay, how I can do this better and uh, better than what I would have done if I had been successful the first time around. And, um, yeah, I think that is something, uh, if you guys are getting into entrepreneurship, please, uh, uh if success were to happen overnight, then, uh, uh, everybody would be an entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur. It doesn't work that way. It takes a lot of effort and perseverance. So you need to keep at it. And it does work. Mm. It, it it works, but you just need to have the patience and you need to have the stamina to go for the long run. And, um, and uh, apart from that, uh, this was, again, something, like I said, I keep listening and learning stuff. This is something which I am trying to figure out, too. Uh, many people, uh, uh, most of the companies uh people buy from you, not because of how you do things or what, what do you do. So most of them come and ask, what do you do? What do you do? But... Uh, What do you do doesn't make you successful, but why do you do if you are able to get that across to the other person? Then you make the connection, and that is when people start buying things from you. If you are able to link what you do to why you do it, then people remember that a a lot more, and they can relate to that why. So have a purpose for what you, why you are trying to do something in life, whether it is your personal life or whether it's your work life. If you can link it to why are you trying to do this? It can be anything. It can be as simple as, okay, I want my daughter to go to this college, so I need to fund her, so that's why I'm doing it. Or it can be uh, like uh, uh, helping someone or, or learning something. So it should be the why that. That drives what you try to do.
1: Oh, my gosh, Shanti, that is a perfect way to finish, and we are out of time. Start with the why. Simon Sinek, thank you very much. That's what that reminds me of. Shanti, thank you for joining us today. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you,
2: Alice.
1: And if you want to learn more about Shanti Rajaram and or her company, Amazek Solutions, visit their website. It's just amazek.com. That's A-M-A-Z-E-C-H.com. Join us next week when we're on the air with Sheila Lieberman, who started her pharmaceutical staffing company in 1980 when no other staffing companies really existed in the marketplace. And learn how she built the company to serve eight states within eight years. Promises to be an aspiring and inspiring conversation. See you next week. And remember that work is one third of our lives. So let's work on purpose.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.